What up? Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. I'm Jacques Lamour, your host. And uh, before we get to today's uh, guest, I have uh, some big uh, important news to announce. And in case you didn't catch the announcement on our social media pages, um, the schedule and format of Pop Punk and Pizza is going to be changed up a little bit come uh, next month in April. So March is officially the last month that I will be putting out two episodes a week. Um, unfortunately, I have to scale back the amount of episodes I put out a week for Pop Punk and Pizza because I'm starting up a new podcast um, that I'll be doing once a week as well. So I only have so much time on my hands, so I, I have to cut one episode down a week for Pop Punk and Pizza. So we'll be going back to one episode a week starting the second week of April or that first full week of April. So that's, that's the bad news. Um, and that might only be temporary. It might only last a couple months and then I'll kind of figure my schedule out and be able to go back to doing two episodes a week or maybe three. It just, you know, me, if, if you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you know that I'm constantly trying new things and trying to do things differently, which kind of leads me into uh, the good news about this new format and this new schedule. So also starting in April, which is just a couple of days away now from this episode being released, um, starting April 7th, <clears throat> excuse me, starting uh, Wednesday, April 7th, Pop Punk and Pizza will now be a live streamed video podcast on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So uh, starting April 7th, every single Wednesday from then on, we will be live recording a new episode at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. So make sure you follow us on Facebook at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. And we're on Twitch with the same handle. And then on YouTube, we don't, we're, I'm not up to 100 subscribers yet on YouTube. So we don't have a like direct, um, username or, or direct a, a custom link. There we go. I don't have a custom link yet for YouTube. So if you search Pop Punk and Pizza on YouTube, uh, our channel should pop up. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about this new format. I'm really looking forward to interacting with you more as an episode is being recorded. It'll be great because you'll get to not only interact with me more, but more importantly, you'll get to interact with the guest and be able to ask them questions live um, while we're recording the episode. Um, so the day after, which would be Thursday, the day after each live stream is when the recorded podcast or the podcast version will be posted on all podcast platforms. So I guess technically you've got the live stream every Wednesday and then a new episode every Thursday on all the podcast formats. So I think, I think this will be really great. Uh, another thing it's great for is 
sponsors. Whoever ends up sponsoring an episode of Pop Punk and Pizza, you're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to be able to not only get your you know, whatever uh, advertisement you're wanting me to plug, you're, you're not only getting that on our audio platform, you're going to be getting it out to the, the, the few thousand or almost few thousand people on all the, the video streaming platforms as well between Facebook and Twitch and YouTube. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of pluses for this thing. So if, uh, if you have any questions about it, or if you have any, <laughs> any, anything, uh, you want to say to me about it, let me know. And, uh, I'll be happy to answer any questions about that. So I, I just want to put that out there and I wouldn't be able to do this without, without all of your love and support. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, so with that being said, let's get to the uh, final episode of March for uh, 2021. Uh, we are talking to Alfie Roberts today, who is the frontman of Vampire Money out of Plymouth, United Kingdom. Alfie and I had a great conversation about the band's latest EP, Outcast Club, which just dropped uh, last week on the 26th. So if uh, you feel like after listening to this conversation, going and uh, listening to Vampire Money's Outcast Club EP, you can do so on any streaming platform. So I really uh, enjoyed hearing how Alfie's creative process works for this emo pop punk alternative band. So here we go, Alfie of Vampire Money. I'm hunting down the witches, All right, well, welcome Alfie Roberts of Vampire Money to Pop Punk and Pizza Man. How are you today? Hello, I'm good. I'm all good. What's How are uh, you? I'm I'm fantastic. You know, <laughs> it's uh, one day closer to Easter, one of my favorite holidays. Yes. So, I'm sure uh, your favorite holiday has to be Halloween, though. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's where we come into our element. <laughs> <laughs> right. Considering vampire money, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, the name, the image, um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of cool. Um, so our, our listeners might be familiar with you a little bit if they follow like the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast Spotify playlist, because we did have a vampire money song on uh, for the month of October just this last year. Yeah. Uh, which was Dr. Afterlife. Yes. And I was just, it was just stuck in my head just now. And I was like, because <laughs> I was trying to remember, because I was just looking through all the, the new information about the new EP that's coming out. Yeah. And I was like, which song was it that was on the playlist? And I'm like, oh yeah, it was, it was Dr. Afterlife. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a, a, such a cool concept. And I'm surprised, I feel like, I'm just surprised there haven't been more bands that have a gimmick like this just because so many bands in the scene are obsessed with bands like My Chemical Romance and things Mm -hmm. like that. And so I don't know, maybe it's just because it's not 
ba- it's not back in. You know how there's always mm-hmm. like the trends they come and go, yeah. and yeah, sure. maybe maybe you guys are going to be like bringing that trend back <laughs> into the scene so. again. <laughs> it's kind of a theme, the running theme with our lives. I think it's like we're never quite on trend with anything. The three of us, we're kind of all like. Uh, too uncool anyway so we kind of just make that our <laughs> yeah our so little vibe. are you talking about you amongst the other members yeah so me tom and ben um yeah we've kind of uh embraced i guess that kind of uh aesthetic of, of uh-huh. being not quite cool but you know <laughs> we, we think the things we do are cool we find them fun so yeah i mean um especially with trends i mean we're pretty uh pretty useless with trends um, we kind of just <laughs> so, so you saying what we go by are you saying you're all pretty different except for when it comes together to be like this um yeah, almost think, gothic well, kind of yeah i mean um our tastes have kind of all aligned at the at similar times so like mm-hmm. i mean i'm 23 tom's 23 um ben's uh 21 i think he turned last time um and we've kind of all had our ties in with like rock music, alternative music. Um, and me and Tom have known each other since we were four. We've known each other all our lives. Um, and we met Ben, um, it would have been two or three years ago now. Um, and kind of our tastes in music all kind of aligned at, at once when we made this band. And um, yeah, the kind of gothic style of things has been a huge uh, artistic influence for me. Um, and then they kind of got into it as well and yeah it just birthed this <laughs> creation of this band yeah so how come have you have you always kind of been into the the whole gothic kind of look and and yeah, feel I mean, just like the darker things when did that when did that start for you cuz vampire money is a, a fairly new band and so mm. I was just kind of surprised that it maybe didn't happen like sooner like when you guys were yeah like teenagers yeah no the um it's quite weird because we kind of um i mean personally for me i was into kind of um like green day and busted those kind of bands um when i was really little so kind of early 2000s that was my those were my favorite um bands then so they were definitely there in the groundworks and it was the same for tom um then there was a huge section of kind of like secondary school or high school um Mm -hmm. and we kind of explored lots of different musical uh influences i had quite a lot of hip-hop going on Uh, you can see eminem in the back there okay (laughs) Um, yeah now i see him yeah but um it was kind of wasn't until maybe i don't know i was 17 18 where i started um going back to these the bands that i used to love um you know, I'd had them at the main ones throughout my life, but then I didn't realize, you know, there's more of them. Um, so yeah, about 17 or 18, Tom got really into panic at the disco. So again, we're really late on like the, everyone says, Oh, we had our emo phase when it was big. Yeah. We kind of weren't there. (laughs) Tom found, um, panic at the disco then. And he showed me and I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It kind of opened up this massive world of new music because i was running out i was running so dry on good <laughs> you know like i, I, I love i, I can't rap, keep listening just... to eminem i just can't do oh, it eminem it. and green was, day <laughs> yeah i mean i got there i was like this is as good as it gets like when you go into hip-hop and rap there's some great artists but um 
I was running really low on good music at that point. Mm-hmm. And then that just blew up. And I was like, oh my God, this is, it, it fit me so much better. And I think I, um, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was kind of just stuck in a bubble for ages and then it just, all of this kind of stuff exploded. So um, yeah, it kind of, I've always been into that kind of dark art kind of creative vibe. Um, but it's really come out, you know, since, you know, the past few years. Um, so that's why this band kind of started. We'd never even thought about, um, you know, being in a band um, up until we met Ben and we kind of started playing things uh, together because our musical careers didn't start until about 17 or 18. We'd learned instruments for a while, you know, as kids. Um, but coming out of high school, we were like, didn't really know what we wanted to do. So, you know, I started this um, kind of college course on music production because I've always thought it was really interesting, but I've never done anything like it. And going through that kind of meant I was like, oh, I can make, you know, some sort of a career out of this somehow. Um, you know, and then we went off to uni, met Ben, and it all kind of just lined up like that, you know. So are you, do you produce Vampire Money's music then? Well, we, yes, we, right at the beginning, we've got this um, album that we made during our time at uni that I fully produced the whole thing. Um, you can kind of hear that in the music because okay. um, I was kind of learning as I was going along and it was really cool because we were like in our own little bubble. Nobody else really liked our stuff. <laughs> it was just <laughs> us and we were we thought this is amazing. We were playing gigs and people were enjoying it at live shows mm-hmm. but in our uh, kind of university years. You know, it mm-hmm. never really clicked with anybody, which is fine. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of the production whilst I was learning um, on that one. Uh, and then with our with our two EPs, basically our EP Cemetery School, which came out uh, towards the end of last year, and now Outcast Club, I kind of do I do all the recording um, from my end. I get the recordings from like Ben and Tom, obviously because we're in lockdown. Right. Um, they have to record at their their own place, so they send it to me. I line everything up, get everything in the session, make a. Um, rough mix of it get everything that i want programmed and then i've i've been working with a guy called joey whelan who works out in um, leicester and we've been kind of working over messenger over email and sending bits and i kind of send our sessions over to him um and he does magic <laughs> he, he <laughs> and mixes it was just, and edit, it was just edits like, a little bit yeah he was he's so he's he's done all the um the full the proper mixing and mastering he does that his end sends them back to us we kind of review them um you know make them what we want to want them to sound like um and we just think he's done an amazing job he's taken our our whole sound up levels because you know there's only so much i could have done you know I'm, I'm kind of learning on the job i was like this is good and it's good for what it is um but i knew it could be so much better and and he's helped us a lot yeah. um and yeah, he's just he's really good. So, so, so yeah. when you were at, <clears throat> so when you were at uni and you were, you're learning, you were learning specifically music production, right? Yeah. So some so, production, um, quite a bit of like technology and things like that. So like live sound things. Um, but yeah, did, the you, main have a, did you have a studio at your disposal then or were yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. So we went, um, our, our university had this really cool, 
studio and I was, um, yeah, I mean, I was in there, I think at one point uh, doing some of the production on our album, I think I was in there for a full week, 14 hours each day. Oh my God. Um, towards kind of <laughs> over a, a few weeks, I was kind of in there just all the time because it was just a really fun environment to be in. You know, you've got this really posh studio around you that you're not going to get again. So I was kind of maximizing my time in there. Um, and yeah, just experimenting really, because that was what it started as. It was, you know, we weren't, we never set out to be, um, I don't know how a lot of people might see it and go, oh, they're just trying to be famous. So, you know, we'd never really entered it in that mindset. We were kind of like, oh, this is actually really fun. I kind of know how this equipment works. Let's just make, make some stuff. And um, as it's gone on, we've just kind of taken over all of the roles you know, we manage it all ourselves. Um, we do all our promo, um, and it's kind of building slowly, but surely building up really. Um, we've got some awesome people, um, mostly based around our Instagram. We've got a really nice community of people that love the music, love the style. Um, and they're really fucking nice people. So <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's just really cool to just, um, yeah, be a part of that and not expect it. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah. that's, that's always, (laughs) that's always the nicest part, you know, is when someone takes the time to appreciate your work and go out Mm. of their way to say, hey, I really like this song, or I really like this EP, or uh, whatever it is specifically that they're commenting to you about. Um, But uh, when, when you were learning, like, music production stuff, and you were in the, the the studio at school, what was the, the thing that you were trying to learn the most or something that you struggled with the most and had a hard time figuring out? Um, most things really, it was kind of like, um, I seem to be like the only one, um, kind of in the classes there was a lot of electronic based music going on and the um kind of the the tutors that were there were all you know really knowledgeable about that stuff um so when it came to making you know the little emo in the corner that wants to rock out with them right right you write rock songs versus doing pop songs or kind of like it was it was a lot of learning like on my own time basically which is cool i I kind of preferred that it was um finding out a lot of things watching a lot of tutorials Mm -hmm. um and and working with the people i was working with like you know the guys in the band that were learning alongside me um we had a few people around us uh, that were knowledgeable about it they helped out um but yeah most of it it was just kind of once you get to know you know, the desk or the, how the whole studio works, that takes a huge weight off your shoulders. Cause you're like, okay, well, at least I know how everything works now. Then you're kind of getting the best sound. So I put, you know, there's loads of microphones in this cupboard that we had there. So I was like, I'm just going to put all of them <laughs> just to see which one's cool. Like it was a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. And I think when you, when you listen to our, um, the earlier stuff, it's like that, um, you get that kind of raw feel, like, like it, it symbolizes our, um, where we were at that point 
um, ability wise and, you know, experience wise. And, but it's that raw kind of energy that I quite like, or liked at that point and wanted to get across. Cause I was like, I, I'm not trying to be the freshest producer on the planet. Cause I know I'm not like it's, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it just has that raw feeling. Um, and it was taking a lot of like inspiration from the earlier noughties kind of bands. Um, and therefore like early records, cause I was kind of like looking at it and going, well, what were they like when they were towards the beginning of their career? Um, and how can I kind of take that as influence for our stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was most, most of the things that I've come across were difficult at one point basically yeah um, and it, was it just sounds case like it. it sounds like you were trying to record rock music and and others weren't so you're probably in my mind i picture um i picture alfie trying to get like a really good guitar tone mm. and trying to figure out like what mic to use and things like that for yeah. a guitar cab to get a really good guitar tone mm. and, and everyone else is just like i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to sound like zed over here like (laughs) that's the thing there there were some really talented people there and and most of them could play you know they'd get a guitar tone out but where i'd be looking for the dirtiest distortion available (laughs) you know like (laughs) yeah and what would pick that up um a lot of people's you know preferred tone were this kind of more chilled Mm -hmm. vibe which sounded clean tone yeah. yeah, I was because if like, you listen to a, a lot of pop music, mm. um, there is a lot of clean guitar yeah. in it. Uh, sometimes you have to listen really close, but mm. you know, because people will say, "Well, I don't listen to pop radio because they don't have guitar in their mm. music," and it's like, "Well, actually, they do." They and just do, yeah, <laughs> it just sounds a bit different, <laughs> right? And you can't, you know, it's it's uh, more or less, it's more of like a filler element mm. than it is like out in the front yeah exactly like, like rock music yeah know? and that's what we kind of wanted to do we were like i think it was ben said right at the beginning he was like right this is our goal we want to get distorted guitars back mm. on mainstream <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. our ultimate goal let's get back on get it back out there <laughs> that's awesome well let's let's dive more into like the history and like backstory of vampire money and and starting out so vampires in your mind are are we talking like like twilight vampires or are we talking (laughs) like really dark twisted vampires like i'm just curious as to where the whole vampire money concept comes from because i know like um i i don't know is is the most uh recent EP uh, Outcast Club coming out. Yeah, um, yeah is that a concept? It's kind of because I, I, I thought Cemetery of, School was right. Yeah. Cemetery School was a, a concept EP, wasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of what this is. Um, where we're at currently, it's like, I mean, all the music I write or we make as a band, um, all the lyrics um, I like to write. Um, kind of string along in a story kind of vibe and and make concept because they're kind of my favorite um, records um, to listen to. And then I love writing stories and I love creating characters or, you know, things like that and dressing that up. Um, 
alongside maybe personal experience in in a lot of our songs. Um, but I think a lot of where I kind of sit um, when I'm making something and I'm trying to put personal experience in, I like to dress it up with this kind of fantastical world or whatever it is to make me find it more interesting. Um, and I know a lot of people kind of prefer that um, personal uh, honesty, I guess. And it does come through and, and there's a lot of, um, you know, double meanings or things in our music at the minute. Um, with our album, there was a huge concept that went alongside it. But with Cemetery School, it kind of, we had a bit of a pause. We had a whole tour lined up before we'd even wrote the songs. Um, obviously, COVID came in, wiped that out. Um, so we were kind of sat there and like, where, where do we go next? Because we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Um, so we were kind of playing around with new routes to go in and trying to let the music decide where the next concept would go, if you know what I mean. So we were, um, we all lived together at that point. Um, we were living in the same house and we were kind of sat there and the day that we wrote King of Beggars, um, was the day it kind of clicked and we were like, okay, we can see where this next, uh, kind of era, I guess is going. Um, so once we had Beggars written, we had uh, Doctor Afterlife written pretty soon after that um, with uh, Cemetery School and Taking Back the City kind of mashed in between. Um, we contacted the producer and kind of knew what we were giving to him, what, what we were cooking up. Um, and the whole concept was built on us kind of being frustrated with... Um, you know, that kind of sense of being pushed, pushed to the side, I guess. Um, we weren't getting a lot of, uh, help or, uh, support, uh, from places where sometimes we thought we should have, um, like, like what exactly? Um, well, there was a lot of kind of confidence knocks, I guess, from, um, you know, people we were at uni at the time. So a lot of our right. learning and development, um, in this industry and as a band, we were kind of looking to the more experienced people, whether it be tutors, whether it be people that were in the industry. And we found out that a lot of people in the industry are unreliable or, you know, um, we were dealing with a lot of people that were contacting us, being interested in working with us but then trying to take advantage of us, um, mm. which That's I get unfortunate if, to hear. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm happens. sure everybody gets that like oh, in, hell yeah. at some point in the, in the music industry, but yeah. it was kind of a, almost a wake up call and kind of cemented that we were pressing on ourselves and we were like, mm. right, let's just get everything under control. Let's do it. Um, when we were looking for, um, we seem to get, I, th I think the, the main problem was we were getting criticism from a lot of people before we were getting constructive criticism from anybody. So we were kind of sat there like, well, if you've got a problem with it, or if you've got some sort of criticism, yeah. So what you're was, not helping us. You're not what was some of the, yeah. What was some of the, I'm curious to hear what was some of the criticism that you were getting? Well, I think I'm sure there was one, <laughs> there was one meeting some, at some point, um, I think Ben and Tom went on it. And I was really annoyed because I wasn't there. <laughs> mm. And we're all pretty um, kind of 
socially awkward <laughs> so I, you know like what are you talking about i have well, no idea what that's yeah, like it's I'm, like, I'm kidding just, <laughs> that's the thing though is that that's just the way we've all like if you'd have said to us maybe four or five years ago oh yeah you'll be up on stage performing in a band in a few years we'd be like no that's not true like it's because <laughs> that's just not how we um kind of developed as humans <laughs> it's like so we kind of always have that side that kind of shyness i guess but ben and tom went and i'm sure it was with it was a tutor or it was somebody that you would have expected some sort of support from mm-hmm. um someone and, from the industry yeah with, and, with um, some experience yeah they would and um ben and tom kind of came back and they were like told me what this person had said um and it was a lot of criticism or a lot of, um, you know, you're doing this wrong or you're doing this wrong. And it's for things that there aren't really a right or wrong way of doing, if you know what I mean. I do, um, yeah. And they were kind of like deflated a little bit. Mm. And it was that point that kind of switched in their minds. They were like, okay, we're not going to um, let that get to us as much anymore um, because it really affected especially their confidence because they were there at the time. And I was like, it just made, made me really angry. And I was like, <laughs> was it the way you were writing your songs or I think so. it was more like, it was, yeah, we write our songs in, in the ways that we do. Um, Ben's Ben is our uh, lead guitarist and he's, um, you know, coming up with all of these different, uh, lead parts, rhythm parts. So he was he was doing most of the guitar at that point in time, um, and to me and Tom, we've never seen somebody be able to play guitar like he can play guitar. And he was getting slated for the way that he'd play guitar or play, play his solos. And we're like, but they're the most amazing things we've ever heard. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I guess it was it was all kind of based on on what we chose to right or what we chose to make um because we've got a very particular way of doing things i guess like i'm I'm really into um writing lyrics and being really specific with what's coming across words are like i I just love kind of linking them all together and uh so it's kind of like if we're so particular with something but we're as a um as a trio we're all really open to new things or people saying oh why don't you try this kind of thing why don't you try this um but we just didn't get it like that it was just like that's awful or that's not right or whatever and that was it and you're like okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's, cool. it's like the <laughs> it's the useful. right it's the difference between yeah. like constructive exactly. criticism yeah. and just flat out criticism mm. that really doesn't do anything for you exactly. it's just like yeah okay uh so what am it's, i supposed to do instead like exactly and yeah. it, it could just be like that discussion and somebody could say oh why don't you try this and it would be a learning curve rather mm-hmm. than me getting really pissed off at somebody yeah um, which is but that was like the huge just click or turn of uh the way we thought about things um which led us if you've um if you listen to cemetery school the song and the lyrics are literally just frustration, just a, a, a running frustration for people like that. Cause it's just, 
um, it's just putting people down for no reason. And I think that's why that song kind of clicked with a lot of people that we spoke to because a lot of kids felt like that in school. A lot of people feel like that in their jobs or in real life, you know, it's, um, it kind of clicked with quite a few, um, people that liked our music. So it worked. (laughs) Yeah. We we were happy with how it worked. Um, so that's kind of what the cemetery school EP kind of embodied. It was starting, you know, with Dr. Afterlife and King of Beggars. It's, it's got that dark twisted kind of, um, aesthetic of what we love and what we make. Um, mixed with that kind of punk pop punk kind of vibe that cemetery school and taking back the city give um we were trying to balance those two aesthetics that we kind of we think are so important um and balance that with some sort of message that we were like you know what we're we're cool doing this you know we're, we're we like what we make we, we know there's a lot of people that like what we make i don't need to be listening to somebody that clearly doesn't like it for um, you know how they want it to sound right. I think one of the actual quotes from this person was um, with regards to our fan base at the time um, we, we explained you know these kids are really liking our stuff and I think an actual quote was but can you trust what they think like what <laughs> yes i can and i do because they like it and those are the people that we want to be you know That's... around and making music for so well, it can was, you it trust my them mind. it blew my mind i was sat there and i was like you actually just said that oh man yeah that's crazy that is crazy. Well, mm. since we're on the topic of, of like talking about lyrics and like the meaning behind Cemetery mm. School, uh, since our listeners are familiar with Dr. Afterlife, let's mm. dive into that song. What is the meaning behind that song? That one came out, I'm pretty sure, before we um, kind of sent everything off. We had everything packaged up and ready to send to our producer. And it was two days before. Tom gave us the um, that kind of intro riff. The din, 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 din. Yeah. He gave me that, and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. We might be able to build a song out of this, and if we can do it in two days, this could be a good like, <laughs> Literally, we blasted out the music for it in a day, um, recorded it all in my bedroom, and I was like, okay, so now we, I, think, I think Tom had work the next day or something, so he was out for the day. Um, and normally he's got kind of the same affinity for lyrics that I do and we're always kind of picking things apart and and studying things like that um and he'd gone out and I was kind of laying in bed in the morning or something I was like right where are we going to go with this song and it just came out it was one of those ones I'm it goes one of two ways you're either really thinking about it for ages or it just spills out on the page you know and it was one of those luckily because we had such a tight time frame um and I kind of had it and it was it's kind of a twisted concept from um i think beetlejuice best best kind of describes it the um the the waiting room kind of aspect i like to have a mental image kind of of like a movie scene Mm -hmm. when i'm writing lyrics if i have i'll have a scene kind of in my head whether it's moving along or if it's just a freeze frame shot um that will then kind of inspire the rest of the lyrics or the lyrics will describe what the mental image is. Um, and with Dr. Afterlife, it was kind of that 
waiting room um, that they go into when the um, when the couple die in Beetlejuice. Spoiler okay. alert! If nobody's okay. seen that, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's only been around since the nineties. Yeah, like, right? I feel like there's a certain amount of time you can go before, like after that, you can go. You know, spoilers I think it was, it was the nineties, right, or was it the late eighties? I think so. I certainly I it was wasn't the, alive. I thought, <laughs> you, you, yeah, I. <laughs> I want to say it was the early 90s. Um, yeah. I'm just going to look it up real... Oh, it yeah. is It is 80s. It's 88. 88. Okay, that's why I second-guessed myself. I'm like, yeah. wait, 90s? I was like, I don't know if that's yeah, 90s. Just, so yeah. almost, yeah. And yeah. So that was before me, too, because I was born in 90. So uh, you nice. know, just a couple <laughs> so years before. Be too can, young for it. <laughs> yeah, but obviously grew up watching oh, it and just yeah. just like you and and it. of course it terrified me as well mm. <laughs> See, that's the thing it did, that's the um i think that's the weird thing is a lot of these films um kind of laid the groundwork i think for what we make now because you know those kinds of films all the tim burton films kind of were just i love them and i've always loved them um and even before you know writing for this band it was um just a huge kind of groundwork of everything that I did. Um, and I've always loved those films. So it's kind of, yeah, the structure around what we, uh, what we make is a lot of film and a lot of visual art um, that translates through what we try to translate through, through our music. <laughs> yeah. So um, Dr. Afterlife is, yeah. is the guy that's, that's going to bring you pretty much like to the devil, right. Or pretty just, to, it's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, that kind of bit just before the chorus drops of um, you'll find me in the waiting room for Dr. Afterlife. That was the kind of um, describing that picture that I was trying to get across. And then the rest of it, we kind of balanced with, okay, we'll just make some really weird, maybe scary at times, potentially violent <laughs> lyrics that just kind of ooze weird, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and we love that kind of twisted, um rebellious kind of aesthetic um and yeah that was kind of that that fueled in with the image um taking the beetlejuice inspiration and sketching out a kind of um little story based around this waiting room and you know you're about to go in and see this character um but you know we've not met him just yet and it's yeah. kind of anticipation um of what's coming um, and just a whole lot of weird. And I think the music that went along with our lyrics kind of um, helps accentuate that because there's a lot of chops and changes, especially in the second verse. There's a lot of, um, uh, we brought in this kind of brass band part that just kind of drops and we wanted to kind of drop in and out of this rhythm and kind of um, flow along like that. So yeah, it's kind of all built on mental images and weirdness basically <laughs> yeah so what what kind of weirdness and and where are we at with the new ep outcast club so um yeah. can, you know coming from cemetery school and going into out, outcast club where where are we now well i think when we when we released the cemetery school ep we built our um our fan base like it increased massively i think we were going from an audience of about 300 people from before the cemetery school campaign kind of thing. 
And afterwards, we I think we'd hit a thousand or two thousand or something like that, um, which was crazy to us because it just exploded. Um, well, that's the explosion from our point of view. Like two thousand people is a <laughs> for, lot of people for but, you, right? Um, for you yeah. guys, yeah. And um, no, I get what so you're we saying. Were kind of, yeah, we just had all these new people kind of messaging us. We've got this really interactive fan base who are always messaging us. Um, they're really nice, and they're all into the the same art that we are. Um, so it kind of felt like we built this kind of club and a lot of people were relating, like I said, about the cemetery school stuff, a lot of people kind of relating to our stuff, our aesthetic. Um, so we were like, it, it really felt like a community or a little club that no one else knows about. Cause you know, we're a little band from the corner of the UK. Um, <laughs> so it felt like this really niche thing, um, which made us think well let's kind of string that along to our next ep um which is outcast club um we've got five songs on this um ep and yeah it's kind of it i think it evolves what we did with cemetery school where we balance the uh the dark and twisted stuff with the first half of it and the upbeat kind of pop punk of the the uh, second half of it it takes all of that evolves it in different ways but it mixes it more I think we've got um, so The Witches was our lead single and that is kind of uh, it's got its story and it's more darker sound um, and then we've got well the EP finishes with the title track Outcast Club and that kind of evolves the pop punk kind of sound Um so you've got those two pillars really. And then in between, we kind of wanted to mix things up. Um, so with, I think track two and three, we kind of have that upbeat pop punk rhythm, um, but with the darker sounds kind of being the melodies and the, uh, um, and the things that overlap. So it was kind of taking it to another level of, okay, you've got these two influences that vampire money is. Um, and this is how we mix them together basically. Um, and then we just put in a piano track as well, <laughs> just to, to mix things up even more. And um, why not? Exactly. Well, it's weird with that one. Cause we, we had a, a piano track on our last record and that was one of the more honest and open songs that we had. I think you have to be with, um, with a piano, with piano ballads. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to yeah. bleed. Onto it. <laughs> yes, you um, know, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of looking at this and and the one we did um for our album, um, One More Time for the Boys in Black, it was called. And that was kind of a self-reflective song. So with this one, I kind of wanted to maybe take myself out of it or write from the perspective of where I'm sitting, but about something else. Um, so invisible, the track's called on Outcast Club, and it's it's a song about. Um, it kind of tells the story of a girl who is, um, you know, out late at night, um, and is attacked by a group of guys, and the kind of what comes afterwards of not getting the support that she needed, people not believe in her side of the story um up until ultimately she takes her own life which i know is kind of dampened the mood but um that kind of that story i've seen a lot recently um whether it's you know just parts of it 
whether it's just girls um, speaking on their experience or whether it's stories of people that have actually gone gone on to take their own life. Um, I was seeing a lot of things and I thought it's kind of a, obviously it's a really important issue. Um, we kind of wanted to put our stance on on the situation, show our support in a way that um, that we could basically, you know, we're not the loudest of people, but if we've got our, um, our music and we've got other people that like our music, maybe we can, you know, put it in that way. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a sad song, obviously. Um, but it kind of, I think shows a bit of, uh, support to people that might be going through something like that. Um, yeah, just an important topic really. So yeah. it was good to, I, I feel it was good to, um, to write from that perspective rather than something a little more self-reflective. Um, mm-hmm. it was just, yeah, just something that, another one that just kind of came out. Yeah. Um, it wasn't something we were expecting. I kind of had the, had the idea, um, and it's Ben playing piano on the track. So I kind of sent it, sent the idea to him. And I think I had, <laughs> I had like four or five notes and I was like I want a piano track that kind of sounds like this and sent him like four or five notes luckily he understands what my brain is trying to <laughs> trying to get across what, yeah what you're trying to say yeah. yeah and he sends me back this like four minute ballad on piano I'm like yeah that'll do yeah <laughs> that's, that's great good. that's that's exactly so, what I was thinking that's yeah. why you guys are in a band together exactly that's the thing it's it's just yeah that click of yeah okay mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying and a lot of the time we we kind of have to step back and think what the, you know, what is this kid talking about? Like, (laughs) it kind of reminds me of, uh, I I think almost everyone does this. Um, and I know I'm so guilty of it. Um, when, you know, when I was in a band and, and you're, you're, you know, you're writing, you're writing a song with a whole band or maybe you're not writing the song, but you're, uh, you know, maybe you're just trying to craft it or perfect it, you know, Mm. and you're trying to explain, to the drummer like what you're envisioning in your head and you're like yeah. you know you're doing all this <laughs> like, and so you go you get what i mean like yeah. you know what I'm... he's like what the hell is a bab <laughs> like, yeah literally i think we've um we've not got like a uh an official drummer at the minute um we used to okay. have one when we first started the band mm-hmm. um and we play all our shows with him and that, that was who i kind of started the band with Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, I did exactly that in our rehearsals. I was like, Oh, <laughs> there's this bit that I want you to do this thing and I don't know how to describe it. So you're going to have to make of that what you will. It goes, da, 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 it da, 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 goes da, da, yeah, it kind of goes, <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, okay, I guess. And, and we get there in the end. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it happens with us. I mean, um, you know, at some points with, you know, guitar and things like that, like I'll, I'll be saying to Ben, I'll be like, I need it to make, and I'll be wailing this random melody. And I'm like, I don't know what note that is, but it needs to go like, and he'd be mm. like, okay. And he'll get there. And you know, he's a wizard <laughs> on it. So he gets there in the end. So that's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, outcast club, uh, by the time this interview is out or this this episode is out uh the ep will be out um yes. so i know it's going to be on all streaming platforms is it going to be on Bandcamp as well um there is a long list of <laughs> sites that it will be on i 
it might be on Bandcamp. I'll okay. check with Tom because he's more he's the dude clever. <laughs> okay, no, I'm sure it's on there. There's a huge list of things that it goes out to. Um, we've got physical copies as well because we can't oh, help okay. ourselves. We we love a good CD. So yeah, um, yeah, we've got. It should be everywhere and physically. So oh, okay, so yes, people can actually... go buy it. <laughs> I was gonna say, um, your your merch designs are pretty pretty killer i was i was looking at them so? earlier and i was like <laughs> i was like man like i wonder if they deliver to uh or if they ship out to the united states because yeah. i was like these we'll look pretty them. cool <laughs> which one's your favorite i i don't know i was just kind of i was just kind of glancing at i think it was some if of the... the doodles then i drew them myself <laughs> did you really wow that's awesome <laughs> there's a, there's three on there there's a shirt that's kind of got this amazing masterpiece of art on there mm-hmm. that um in towards the end of last year i think um there was a kid and i'd never met the kid before and he get and he kind of came and said oh can i draw some art for you guys for my like it was for a project i think mm-hmm. um and i was like yeah sure and he gave me the the art that's on um the one of the t-shirts no oh, that's um, cool because it's it was just unreal and <laughs> yeah then there's two that have got there's one with the three ghosts on them um and one with a little broken heart on it and i drew those all by myself <laughs> <laughs> well you did a good did, job well thanks <laughs> just in with the uh like the epr as well for outcast club and um cemetery school were little doodles that we made because um i kind of drew them all up and was like let's just make this the aesthetic for a bit because mm-hmm. you know um this is about the extent of our abilities visually. <laughs> and Tom was really good with like Photoshop and and doing all of our art on there. So I kind of was drawing it all, taking pictures of it. Then he'd put it on there, do all the visual stuff that you need to do. Um, and there it is. And then same with our t-shirts, um, hand drawn by yours truly. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool if you ask me, because mo- most uh, people just hire someone is because that's usually what i end up doing too with anything i do Mm. and um so i'm sure we will for when it gets a bit more advanced (laughs) luckily for this aesthetic it fits (laughs) yeah no there's nothing wrong with being simple sometimes (laughs) simple sometimes there's a lot of times simple is more oh for sure so (laughs) it it can um, make a a a bigger impression Mm. than you know something that's got a lot going on you know, yeah. I think it's just because, you know, we look, a person might look at it and they just don't absorb it. You know, it's yeah. not easy to absorb. So it just kind of, mm. you know, it's like, you just oh, don't see it from the same place. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it, it's probably because you have to stare at it for a really long time or yeah. you have to look at it multiple times in order to be like, oh, you I know. Get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, this has been fun. Um, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for, for being patient with me on, no uh, re, you know, <laughs> rescheduling this and everything yeah, no, like no that. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the important thing is outcast club out now. Yes, um, it is. what, what are your, uh, your links and, and what is, uh, your website so people can, if they want to get a physical copy or they want to get a, some other merch, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Yeah. It's all up there. It's, um, www.wearevampiremoney.com is where you can get all the merch, see all our videos, see some pretty pictures of us. Um, there's some cool fan art on there as well. Sweet. Um, from some really talented kids. And yeah, the EP is out. 
apparently now <laughs> so <laughs> go get it go stream it um yeah the uh it's going to be cool and i think the rest of the year hopefully is going to be more uh movements <laughs> it seems to be looking up at least yeah. here in the united yeah. states but even some of the things i read in, in other countries it, it sounds mm. like it's now are, are you uh, is the uk still in lockdown parts of it or yeah we're kind of in we went into what feels like the 50th lockdown yeah <laughs> right at this it, point and i think we're coming out i don't i can't remember the dates but soonish i think we can start to meet people outside mm -hmm. um and then soon after that, we should be able to go back to normal. But we'll see how it goes. We've just got to keep safe, I guess, and and uh, see what happens. Basically, right. we're kind of just waiting for the the words of the <laughs> lords above us. You know, like <laughs> yeah, so we can all breathe a little bit for once. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Although my life hasn't really changed that much, to be honest. I kind of I'm one of the lucky ones that spent all of their time indoors in their room anyway. So it's not really changed. <laughs> same, yeah, same um, here. I'm usually like it's changed obviously, but at mm -hmm. the same time, yeah, I spend a lot of time to myself. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. <laughs> all right, Alfie. Well it was great to meet you, man. And uh, you bro. Yeah, thank you, and and congrats on uh, the second Vampire Money EP. Definitely be uh, listening to that and uh, nice. supporting you guys. So thank you very much. Thanks for having yeah. me on. Yeah, no problem, man. And and uh, have a have a good rest of your night. Thanks, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Bye. See you later on. Big thank you to Alfie Roberts of Vampire Money. It was a lot of fun talking with you about the band and the new EP, Outcast Club. It is available on all streaming platforms as we speak. And you can go to the band's website, go to uh, wearevampiremoney.com to get merch. And then you can follow the band on Facebook and also on Instagram at We Are Vampire Money. I'm Jacques Lamore. That wraps up this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. Remember, starting next month, we are going to one episode a week, and that episode you're gonna actually going to be able to see live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. So make sure you follow us at uh, all of those places or whichever one it is that uh, you would like to actually watch the live podcast with whoever is going to be on the show uh, that starts wednesday april 7th so from april 7th and on we'll be live every single wednesday 7 p.m central standard time and then the podcast version will always be available the next day on all podcast platforms so i guess live stream every wednesday new episode new podcast version every thursday so just in case you don't catch the live stream or you're not really into that sort of thing or whatever it is you'll have options now um and the next episode that uh is going to be live streamed on april 7th is going to be our 10 songs for april 2021 episode so every month i update the pop punk and pizza podcast spotify playlist with 10 songs i think you should get familiar with so um and we'll also find out what the fan favorite song was for the month of march which right now it looks like it's going to be eddie and the arsons 
with their song, uh, It Will Get Better, which has, has been stuck in my head ever since I first listened to it. So it definitely deserves that hype. But we'll find out coming up next uh, next week because there is still time for you to vote for your favorite song by going to our Pop Punk and Pizza Club Facebook group. Uh, make sure you join that if you haven't already. Um, <laughs> sorry for my dog barking. I, I thought he'd be safe down here in the new uh, recording space and uh, be quiet, but apparently not. Um, you can always reach out to me on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pop Punk Pizza Pod. But if you're wanting to reach out to me to, to talk specifically about getting your band on the podcast or your artist, whoever it is that you represent, it's always best to email me at bangerangradio at gmail.com or you can fill out the form at poppunkpizzapod.com. You can also buy merch there, sign up for our mailing list, find out how you can sponsor an episode. That's all at poppunkpizzapod.com. So I will talk to you on April 7th and I guess technically April 8th, depending on how you listen to the podcast now pretty cool right i'm pretty psyched about this so have a great rest of the week and i will talk to you in april hey hello it's nice to meet you hey come in and have a slice of pizza hey.